I own you Sinop 427 PDF. I own you, Shaka King. The story. Naomi Zendaya is one of the biggest pop stars in the world, having released, three plus, albums, each one outcharting the previous. She's is a bit of a shapeshifter, and that aesthetic, in addition to her biracial identity, has contributed to her success in accusations of cultural appropriation. Afua, Cynthia Rivo is her manager, writer, executive producer, stylist, and arguably the more talented of the two. Once upon a time, she had aspirations of pop stardom but the misogyny and colorism endemic to the music industry relegated her success behind the scenes. Afua discovered Naomi as a teenage runaway singing Christian folk songs in Times Square for change. More like dollars, really. Her clean-cut, all-American, racially ambiguous image distracted most from the track marks in her arm. But not Afua. In Naomi, she saw someone both desperate and adept at pretending the perfect vessel for her pop aspirations. Shaping Naomi into a multi-million dollar brand has required all of Afua's attention. She has no other clients. So it's a bit of a quandary that Naomi doesn't want to make perform music or be a public figure anymore, still playing with how this manifests does she relapse? Have a meltdown on stage? Terrorize her team? Suicidal ideation? A violent blow-up? TBD. It all comes to a head on a fictitious Caribbean island while they're in the midst of a world tour. When Naomi goes off the rails, Afua reaches out to the label president, Graham, Malcolm M. Powell, for advice. Should they cancel the remaining tour dates and get Naomi the help she needs? How will that affect the brand? Graham insists she just needs to boot and rally, postpone one week and vacation at Ismenti, Xander's, fledgling resort. Xander fancies himself the hospitality industry's Blake Mikeski. His resort is sustainable, enmeshed in the local economy, and its employees are entitled to shares of the company. It also happens to be erected on a former maroon territory. Afua postpones their next stop and insists they eat, pray and love in paradise. But their vacation is anything but. Throughout the course of the week Naomi's behavior grows increasingly worrisome. What Afua initially misreads as a nervous breakdown eventually reveals itself as spiritual possession at the hands of a maroon spirit, a spirit Naomi increasingly invites. As she experiences an ecstatic possession. When Afua realizes that no Obia man can exorcise this duppy, she tries to alternately reason with and manipulate it in an effort to keep her million-dollar train on track. This requires she keep the press, public, and most importantly Graham, in the dark. The tour has to be postponed indefinitely, Afua claims, because Naomi insists on recording a dancehall-inspired album right away. The spirit of the island has inspired a new musical direction that she must explore. And there is in fact some truth to this. Once Afua is able to communicate directly with the spirit, she asks it what it wants. To make a big tune, he replies. He wants Afua's help in making a record. Once they're done, he's done, if that's what she desires. What he doesn't tell Afua is that his goal is to create and amplify through the Bush and Obia song that resurrects the spirits of a maroon army that will reclaim the island. This song shall essentially act as an abem for the dead. But in order to work, it has to be the right tune. Afua and the Duppy start to bond as they record this almost unclassifiable music that's closer to the kinds of art she'd make if liberated from the confines of the music industry. Their bond grows even closer as he convinces her to record with him. Unbeknownst to her, her voice is needed for the abem to work. The spirit convinces Afua to debut the music they've been making at a private showcase for Graham and his select company at Xander's Resort. The movie ends with a beautiful duet that resurrects a maroon army that brutally slays the attendees, raises the resort to the ground, and scatters throughout the island. One presumes to commit more of the same. It should feel like the ending of First Reformed meets Carrie. Characters. Afua. Afua's immediate want is control of her artist. Her deeper want is to have the artistic career that her talent belies. And her deepest desire is to feel special in this world. Because she's forced to marginalize her contributions to Naomi's success, there is a part of her that feels almost toxic. As if widespread knowledge of the depth of her involvement would cheapen their product. She resents Naomi for this, particularly when Naomi voices her displeasure at being commodified. Afua feels little passion for the art she's crafting with Naomi, only insofar as it reaps her success. The music Afua listens to, the music she admires, the music that truly emanates from inside of her, is not the music she and Naomi make. Naomi is in many ways Afua's reaction to her experience in the music industry. She observed what the gatekeepers wanted and delivered it to them. Afua is a prisoner. Naomi. Naomi feels exploited by everyone. Grew up poor. Parents were drug addicts. She was raised by her grandparents in the church and forced to worship a god she didn't believe in. Left home the first chance she could and ran straight into the arms of predators. Afua is just the latest and most tragic because Naomi actually believed her when she said she'd protect her. 
She wants agency and if that isn't possible she'd happily just disappear. The spirit. The spirit is an ancestor of Afua and unbeknownst to her, the source of her creativity. A Marunobi a man who manipulated his people into negotiating a war treaty with the Dutch in the 18th century for what he believed at the time was the greater good. As part of the treaty the Maroons agreed to several conditions that caused the spirit distress to this day. Among them, they agreed to fight other indigenous rebels on behalf of the Dutch, as well as hunt and return escaped slaves. The ancestor looks at what's becomes of his homeland. How much of its land and economy remains under control of European and foreign interests, exemplified by the very Viafu and Naomi are occupying, and feels partly responsible. He thinks that if the Maroons hadn't ceded control of the island maybe Afua would be invested in the richness of her culture and history, as opposed to that of those who deem her inferior. He desires forgiveness and restitution. Xander, hotelier who is opening a resort similar to Jijim but with the cooperative energy of Jake's hotel. He's the mentee of the president of Naomi's record label, the concierge, a hotel worker and Obi a man who Afua consults when Naomi's possession becomes evident. She thinks is an alley but he's really working on behalf of the spirit. Think and doubt in hereditary. Graham. Lior Cohen-like aggressive, problematically candid Englishman who thinks cancel culture is almost as great a threat to the world as climate change. Admires Afua's cutthroat mentality more than her talent and serves as both mentor and bully in her life. The possession. The possession needs to be gradual all of the exorcist and painful, though not as extreme, as the fly. The possession is only painful when Naomi resists, she loses teeth, develops skin ulcers. Once she submits, she relishes the freedom the spirit gives her. She moves throughout the island without security, social media could play a funny role here. Naomi's speaking singing voice, posture, gait and physicality should change. Her final form should be a hybrid of herself and the duppy. Note I think whatever actress we cast will need about a year of dialect and vocal training. This will be a beast of a challenge for whoever signs up for this. Once Naomi becomes possessed Afua loses her creativity until she agrees to work with the spirit. Potential themes explored. No peace on colonized land. No peace in a colonized body. Generational trauma and ancestor beef Afua's ancestor spirit is judgmental of the person she's become, while feeling partially responsible. He sees in her if you can't beat them join them approach to dealing with the industry's racism and misogyny, a through line to his own betrayal of his people centuries ago. It's like he started a familial curse. 